Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About It, conversations with MRU counselors on managing your mental health, succeeding in school, and everything else you're too scared to ask. I'm your host, Sana Chaudhry, and in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Shaliza Murji to talk a bit about student mental health compared to when she was in university, overcoming setbacks, and soul-searching. Hi, I'm here to chat with Shaliza. Shaliza? Yep. Did she know you are coming? Yep. Shaliza walks me to her favorite spot on campus, the Wright Theater. I've done so many dance performances here at the Wright Theater that it holds such special meaning. And I love that after all of these years, it's still the same. It hasn't changed and it's still this beautiful, welcoming, inviting space. Despite a rocky start with the pandemic in 2020, Shaliza started her work as a counselor. She hopes to create a comfortable environment for her students while valuing respect and fostering a non-judgmental atmosphere. As an MRU alumna, she shares her experience that she hopes many students can relate to. I was in my first year of my social work diploma and we were in a communities class and we had to come up with some sort of concept or idea that would be engaging and be able to explain why kids thrived in extracurricular activities. And so along with a group of girls in my class, we came up with this dance project. Her passion grew in her university days, even turning dance into course credit. And it wasn't until maybe eight years later that this actually came to fruition and became real. And so Mott Royal will always hold a special place in my heart as far as dance and those hobbies go because the inception of it was actually here in class. Shaliza didn't always love dancing. She struggled with self-confidence at a young age, and dance was her mom's suggestion to try new experiences. So I was born an amputee, which means I was missing my right arm below the elbow. So my mom was like, maybe this will be a good thing for her to get to know herself a little bit. And I was really awkward and shy, so I didn't really want to do it. But soon into kind of this journey, I realized how much I loved it and how much this was something that I valued and cherished, and so dance became a huge part of my life. Shortly after graduating with her master's, the dance studio she practiced in closed. Wanting to continue her love for dance, she decided to open her own studio in 2012. I think it's important that you nourish all aspects of yourself. I think hobbies keep us well. I think they keep us passionate. I think they give us an outlet. School can be hard, whether you're doing a certificate, a diploma, a degree, a master's, it takes a toll on you. So if you've got hobbies or things that you can relate to, it's a great way for you to still feel at your best, but connect to yourself, to your community, and have an outlet. After our talk, Shaliza walks me back to her office at Wellness Services to continue our conversation. I feel like counseling has been, let's say, on trend especially during the pandemic. Many students have never been to counseling or they might not know about the services offered on campus at all. So let's imagine I'm coming into your office like I am right now. Walk me through what usually goes on during a counseling session. 
So in a counseling session, the first thing that you'll do is you'll meet your counselor. We will go over some basic things that we need to, like logistics and confidentiality. And then from there, it's really a very personal and individual experience. I think with student counseling, you get out of it what you're wanting to put in. And your experience with student counseling will be very unique to your circumstances and situation. And so I would say come in, give it a try, walk in with an open mind, and when you meet your therapist or your counselor, it'll be a unique experience, and hopefully at the end of it, you walk away feeling better or in a way that helps you feel more like yourself. I know before learning about counseling, I had a very different understanding of what the process of it looked like. So how have you implemented listening, reflecting, and support in your day-to-day counseling? So with the listening piece, I always allow the student to be the expert in their own story and tell us your narrative. Tell me what happened. And I want to listen to you, what happened to your experiences. And for me, listening means providing space, safe space, and acknowledging that I am actively listening, whether that's eye contact, whether that's nodding my head, whether that's reflecting back what you're saying to me. And the reflection piece, I think, comes in summarizing but also allowing someone to feel like they are seen they are heard they are validated and what they are going through in that journey and that experience is important no matter how big or small in their own minds what they're experiencing is significant to them in that moment so listening validating reflecting all of that is so important and making sure that they feel like their journey is something that is worthwhile to their own experience. And I think that that's important. You can't quite compare that to anyone else's journey or experience. Often people will say, I'm not sure if this actually really matters. There's so many other things going on. But if it's important to you and it matters to you, then it's worth listening to and it's worth reflecting on. Some students may be scared to talk about their struggles and they feel that they can't relate to professionals like yourself. But you were actually a student at Mount Royal, so you've been where many of us are right now. Tell me about a time when you have been personally moved by a student's story that has happened to you or you've related to. Uh, so I think being a Mount Royal student myself, this community and this entire um this entire environment here is so important. I think it'd be hard to just choose one story because I'm moved by so many of them, but one in particular that stood out to me was a young first year student who was in the social work program as well, who came in and was really seeking validation on knowing that she was pursuing the right journey. She was coming off of a big tragedy and she was coming off of something very traumatic. And I really resonated with her because when I started the social work program, Um, here at Mount Royal, she reminded me of myself. I wasn't sure if this is what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And I was coming off of something so big that I wasn't sure if that I I was pursuing the right avenue. And so I really felt this ability to understand and connect with her on a much deeper level. But I feel like that understanding that connecting to students is something that comes through connection and rapport building. And so even if it's a student that's been in a different program or in an environment that I haven't personally experienced, them telling their story and me building that rapport and connecting with them, I feel like takes me through their story and their journey on a much deeper level. That's an incredible journey. How did you overcome it? For that, it was a lot of conversation about soul searching. And I think the most important thing with counseling is you can empathize and you can relate, but their journey is not yours and yours is not theirs. And so for sure, you can put yourself in their shoes and vice versa, but there is a separation in what that student is going through. So for that particular student, it was understanding that 
this is their purpose. This is something that they've always wanted to do and to almost separate the white noise around them, to really get to the meat and potatoes of what did they want to do before everything around them clouded what they thought they wanted to do. And in that moment, they were able to kind of drown out all of that noise and really just hone in on what was important to them and find that feeling again, which was the answer that they were looking for. So what did you gain from that experience? I think I gained a little bit of, I think, admiration and hope in that moment. It was helpful to see that reflection of that beginning steps of this journey and also being able to provide some context to look how this journey can play out for you or look where you can go from here. And I think it's also just a bit of validation that those journeys, those struggles, those moments that I wish I had reached out and asked for help are moments that students today are reaching out for help for. How do you create a non-judgmental environment in which students feel comfortable sharing their experiences? I think that comes back to the idea that they are the experts in their own story. Your lived journey and your lived experience is yours. And I think that that's what makes each individual so unique. And so when you come into student counseling or when I meet you, I'm so interested in your path and in your journey. And I think that idea of being non-judgmental comes from just your own physical entity and being comfortable with who you are, but also understanding that there's going to be things that come up that you're necessarily not going to be an expert in or don't have experience with, and that's okay. I think it's about being authentic. I think it's about being transparent, and I think it's about respect for human life, that you can create a space that students are comfortable in and know that there is no judgment because that's meant to be the purpose of this, is to come be your authentic self and then walk away feeling like you're okay to do so. A lot of students feel like a failure when they haven't done well on an assignment or an exam. What steps can they take to overcome this feeling? So I think the idea of overcoming failure is something that is a learned experience. I think if we ask each person to define or describe their first true experience of failure, it'll be a life-changing moment for them or something that's impactful to them because it's a unique feeling and it's something very different. But I think the importance of this is all of all of this is that it's a learning environment. You are growing, you are changing, you are discovering things. And so if an assignment didn't go well, an exam didn't go well, you can take that as an opportunity to to learn, reflect, and seek the supports that you need. Mount Royal has an amazing community of support here, whether that's uh, through peer support or student learning services, or even going to academic advising and figuring out if this is the right place for you. I think you can take failures and use them as an opportunity to learn, grow, and explore. And I think a failure is only as big as you allow it to be. So I think it's more important to focus on the recovery than the actual failure. If you experience something that was unpleasant like a failure and you choose to stay there in that moment that's okay but what are you going to do after that do you grow from that do you learn from that what is your recovery like and where will that take you that actually defines the true meaning of failure how does a setback from a certain event cause a shift in the way that a person approaches a new task or a new goal i think a setback can often create a little bit of um hesitation or perhaps a little bit of reservation because you're going to be walking into something with experience and with a prior um, possibly trauma, possibly just a negative experience. And I think that walking into that, that can cause anxiety, it can cause fear, it can cause hesitation. 
But I think, again, it comes back down to what are you going to do with that? Often we can face those challenges or often we can overcome those and step into that environment or step into that situation and be like, okay, I've got this. And if not, then again, there's ways to access support and help around that. Talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to a counselor and say, listen, this didn't go well for me and I have it coming back up again. Let's say a presentation, you froze in front of the whole class and now you've got another one. And so you're going to walk in with that previous experience of that did not go well for me. But now what? How can we prepare? How can we help you to get to a place where you can walk in and know that this is something that you can overcome? And so I think it comes back down to this entire concept of you are learning and growing and through that experience you're going to have moments where some things are smoother and other things require a little bit more effort or learning to be able to accomplish. What can students do to help themselves? My advice to students to help themselves or to find your purpose in essence would be first find your own happy. Whatever that is find it and when you find it I want you to own it and I want you to be fully in love with whatever this idea is because that's the key when you're fully in love with an idea or you are truly pursuing something that makes you happy nothing else will really matter in that moment so once you've found that I'd say the next step for you is to pursue that passionately so to set your soul on fire finding whatever this is, pursuing it, taking classes, chasing that dream, building that empire, whatever it is, set your soul on fire. And I think once you actually find that inner desire and that burning will to do so, you'll keep growing and you'll keep being able to pursue this. Once you're done with that, fall in love with the journey because it's not going to be a smooth road at all. It's going to be filled with hiccups and road bumps and a bunch of other things. So fall in love with the journey because that's a part of the process. You are going to learn so much more from the actual journey than you will when you get to the destination. And I think you'll learn about yourself, your own resiliency, your own recovery, your own passion, your own determination. I think what you can withstand given the circumstances and that in itself will be such a beautiful experience that don't ignore the journey that you're actually on. Once you get through that, I think bring those around you into your goals and dreams because it's important to have love and support through that. It's a very lonely place when you don't have that love and support. And for each person, love and support looks different. That could be family, that could be friends, that could be a community, that could be strangers. Whoever it is, bring people into your world so that you actually have someone to share this with, but also someone to share moments of sadness with, moments of struggle, moments of success. Because in that moment is where you actually truly build your community and each of us needs a community to get through what we're going through. And then last but not least, I'd say connect, give back, grow, and sit in that moment. I think connect with those that are in your field. I think there's enough room for everyone in every area of life. And so if you're opening up a dance studio, connect with those in your community. Find out who else is doing the arts and pursue that. Build bridges and connections. Give back to the community. Do shows. Connect with people. Find ways to bring your love and your passion to the world out there. And then when you have a moment, breathe it all in and take it all in and reflect back on all of those steps that you've just been through because it took a dream and a goal and something that you fell in love with. You set your soul on fire and now you are where you are. And so reflect on that because I think it's an important part of getting to where you need to go. I know a lot of us try to keep this positive energy, but there's always something that brings us back to our negative side, whether that's pressure from family, friends, or even ourselves. 
So how can we maintain a positive mindset moving forward? I think a positive mindset is often a buzzword. I think it's become a cultural thing of, oh, positivity will get you through it. We're human. I think it's natural for us to go through a series of emotions, whether those are positive or negative. And I think your outlook or your positive mindset is a holistic thing. I think if your body, your mind, and your soul are all taken care of, you can establish a positive mindset. So nourish all the parts of you, your mind, whether that's rest, connection, um, social interactions, all of those sorts of things, feeling good about yourself, positive self-esteem, that sort of energy. I think if it's your soul, whether you're nourishing it by cultural beliefs, whether you're nourishing it by filling yourself with positive ideas and thoughts, that's important. Your body, you know, doing things that help you to feel good, eating well, sleeping well, exercise. I think it's a holistic approach to having a positive mindset. And know that not every single day is going to be all rainbows and flowers. You're going to wake up some days and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to face a day. It's going to be tough to get out of bed. It's what you do in those moments that I think really truly establish a positive mindset. And to give yourself the permission to reach out when you need to and pull back when you need to as well. And I think that often in this race or this pursuit of positive mindsets, we often deplete ourselves because we're racing to get all of these things done. But in the meantime, we're actually exhausting ourselves. And so aside from it being a buzzword, I think it's a full state of being where you connect your body, your mind, and your soul. And when you can nourish all three of those, you can actually truly pursue a positive mindset. I think we really need to normalize talking about our struggles because we all go through it. Um, and I know it's sort of cliche, but it's okay to not be okay. Um, for someone who is afraid of reaching out or doesn't have resources, it can be tough. So how can someone get the help that they need? So if you are worried or if you are not okay and it's daunting or scary to reach out, if you're a student at Mount Royal, Student Counseling Services is accessible to any student that's registered here. Um, even alumni can access one alumni session afterwards. And so bring a friend with you. If you're really concerned or you feel like you need some support, bring a friend to the appointment with you and they can wait in the waiting room where they can at least walk you to the door so that you've got some support. Um, you're also more than welcome to reach out to the services here and we can support you through that. If it's community-based, there are many places that do sliding scales, especially if it's not something that's attainable or places like Alberta Health Services also offer options for free counseling that we can make sure that students have support and access to. And so Everything can be really overwhelming if you look at it as this big, monstrous picture. But if you just take one step, it's not as scary. So if you're at the base of a mountain and you have to climb all the way to the top, if you look at the very top and think, how am I ever going to get there? It's going to be exhausting. But if you just take one step today and maybe one more tomorrow through your journey, you will get to where you need to go. And so I would say take a little bit of a chance. Use those around you as your supports to pull you through and begin there. That's Shaliza Murji, a counselor at Mount Royal University. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk About It. I've been Sana Chaudhry, and this episode was produced by Noel Ormida. This series is powered by Shaw and a part of the community podcast initiative based out of MRU. It was produced on Treaty 7 territory, where we are grateful for the opportunity to create, learn, and grow. 
Since mental health is a universal issue, we hope all voices can enjoy the land with continued respect and appreciation for the people who call it home. Special thanks to our partner, MRU Counseling Services, and of course, to Shaliza Murji for joining me. You can learn more about MRU Counseling and book a free appointment at mru.ca slash counseling. That's counseling with two L's. You can also follow at MRULiveWell on Instagram for more resources and wellness events on campus. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get to know MRU's counselors and hopefully learn a little more about yourself. And don't forget, if you're struggling, reach out and don't be afraid to talk about it.